0: All right, let's let's uh, let's try something new today. Uh, we recently sent out our 2023 bikepacking survey and the response rate was fantastic and actually quite exciting. We'll be going over those responses you provided, uh, including some parts we were really happily surprised by. Not gonna lie, we definitely identified some gaps from our end that we need to care for better. So we'll also be touching on a good bit of that during this chat. Welcome to Spinistry Chat, where we discuss everything and anything related to gravel and adventure cycling, bikepacking, and ultra-endurance mountain biking. Basically, we're here for those who are into things long, hard, and dirty. This is a slightly new format, for us. So please bear with us as we shake out the cobwebs. This is a direct result from our findings in that bikepacking survey, and and we'll be touching on those findings shortly here. But something we do want to address on the front end, a lot of the uh, responses we got back from the survey definitely identified some gaps that need to be cared for from the adventure cycling and bike packing and gravel things. And there are things we think we can care for some ourselves and help along that. I'm quite certain that anyone that watches this video or listens to this podcast uh, will be able to come up with some ideas of their own. But there's some fundamental stuff that we want to touch on just to make sure everybody's on the same page of what gravel and adventure cycling, bike packing, ultra endurance, mountain biking, there's some fundamental stuff in the mix that we want to make sure everyone's on the same page. So I, I think of these as gravel and bikepacking minimum capabilities, at least from a spinistry perspective. That's one of the beautiful things about gravel and adventure cycling. There's a gazillion ways to do this. None of them are wrong. None of them are right. What I'm presenting is the way we put our events and get togethers together. These are, this is some basic stuff to, to be cognizant of first off be flexible. These are adventure rides by our definition. It's not an adventure until something goes wrong. You have to be fit enough and knowledgeable enough to overcome adversity. And quite frankly, we are not ride nannies. These are not fully supported, spoon fed, fully catered, fully pampered rides that cost thousands of dollars. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not what we do. Spinistry adventures range from free to extremely low cost. And you're going to get much more than your money's worth from them. That's our ultimate goal. Another thing that's really super important. You have to already have established some basic fitness. Uh, These are not intended to be beginner rides to try out your first century or 100 miler. If you've never ridden anything of that distance. Same applies for our shorter routes. You need to be at least basically trained up to do three to four hours at a continuous endurance pace. As your fitness increases, as your capabilities increase, that three to four hours will become a longer and longer distance for you. You need to have basic mechanical ability or at least have a dedicated partner to help you with those basic mechanical Shortfalls. And if you have that partner with you, they need to be aware of their role. They need to be aware of your capabilities. J- don't just tag along with somebody with the assumption, well, if I have a mechanical, this person will help me out. Make sure they're up to speed on what you're capable of, or more importantly, not capable of. Seriously, though, you really need to know how to fix a flat tire. And you need to have all the tools to do that for your bicycle and everybody's bike setup is different. So I can't tell you exactly what those are at the moment. And it's also highly recommended that you understand some basic maintenance, uh, like even converting a bike to single speed if you need to. So you need to know how to break a chain and put it back together. That's kind of a basic level, but we also understand that not everyone is there yet. If you don't have those co- capabilities, Don't plan to go out on one of our routes self-supported, have somebody tag along with you, but also don't expect us to be there to care for you because it's just physically not possible. It's recommended that you be aware of basic outdoors, rural etiquette and principles, kind of the rules of the road, so to speak, about being an outdoors person. Uh, And the reality is, particularly on our gravel rides, things are different out in the country. Uh, as opposed to in the suburbs or the big city when you're riding in traffic and stuff like that. Just be neighborly. Most of the time, everyone's going to be neighborly to you as well. But also be aware, if you're out in the middle of nowhere on a dirt or gravel road, riding three abreast across the road, and everybody has earbuds in their ears, and you've been riding that way for an hour, you may have been holding up, actually, somebody trying to go feed their cattle or something like that. So always... Be aware of your surroundings. Know how to use your navigation tools ahead of time. Don't try to figure out, don't try to figure that out when you're starting on your ride. Know how to work those tools. Learn and understand your tools in advance. You want to carry everything you need to go the full distance or at least to a location with known multiple amenities available that you're confident in. If you're going to that crossroads with just one general store showing on the map, that general store may have gone out of business 10 years ago, or they may have extremely limited hours, particularly if it's a Sunday. We generally recommend carry everything on your bike that you need to go the full distance because you never know what might go wrong along the way. Uh, kind of rolls into... You gotta be comfortable being outside of cell coverage if you're gonna do these type of rides and events. Uh, our routes often go into backcountry areas with zero cell coverage. Also, keep in mind that when you're in those no cell phone coverage areas, your your cell phone batteries, if they're looking for a cell tower the whole time, you're gonna chew up batteries more quickly that way. So we recommend having a basic idea and plan in place on how to keep your devices charged up or recharge them particularly if you're going out for over four to six hours once you start getting in that five to six hour range you can you can drain devices quickly Uh, and hey we're, we're rolling back around to be flexible these are adventure rides again by our definition it's not an adventure until something goes wrong keep that in mind If you are uncomfortable with that concept, our rides, routes, and events probably are not a good fit for you. Please verify all those basic levels of detail before you go out on any adventures that we organize or quite frankly, any other event promoters that are out there, organizations that are out there. Be up to speed of what is actually provided. Don't just assume again that's the beauty of gravel and adventure cycling ultra endurance stuff every ride is different every event is different every promoter goes about it a different way don't just assume because heck even on our ministry rides and events they're completely different from one week to the next we do that on purpose everybody's looking for a different experience we don't expect anyone to do everything we do we try to meet what folks are looking for uh, no matter what their preferences or skill levels might be. So some of our events cater to different audiences from time to time. The basics are there's no standard for these types of rides. So never assume anything, verify, verify, verify all of the details. If, if you're not a hundred percent comfortable in being a hundred percent self-supported for 150% or more of the plan. Distance. Ultimately, we hope to get everyone to that level where you're 100% comfortable in your abilities and knowledge base, where you can go 50% beyond and still be comfortable. Does that make sense? Now, we're going to be offering ways to help people bridge those skills and knowledge gaps. Stick around for some more information on how we plan to help with those. But I just want to make it clear you don't have to already be at those high levels to go out and enjoy these adventures and these rides. You don't want to be at below basic, but you don't have to be, well, here's what you don't have to be to be ready for these rides. You don't have to be superhuman like Wonder Woman or Shazam or something like that. You don't need to be Grizzly Adams and an outdoors survivalist or anything like that. And you don't have to be MacGyver where you can fashion a bicycle wheel out of bamboo and oak leaves or something like that. Most everyone's somewhere in that middle range. And we want to help you get those middle skills and experience levels to a higher level week to week to make you a stronger and more prepared rider yourself. The reality is it just isn't viable for us to ho- to host true beginner rides and clinics. Uh, Realistically, every beginner is coming from a different level of beginner. You need to sort out for yourself what it takes for you to build up those basic skills and knowledge, that knowledge base in your world. And we're we're happy to help with that. Going forward, we will be posting videos and podcasts that will help with that basic skill building and even higher than basic. We definitely welcome your feedback on where to start with that content. We encourage folks to search out events and organizations who truly specialize in those beginner events and get togethers. If that's what you're needing, there's people that are providing that. And whenever they come to our attention, we will share that information, but it's not a realistic expectation for, we just don't have the bandwidth or the manpower. Uh, or the resources to, to care for a true beginner clinic, generally speaking. Maybe somewhere down the road, we will be able to help more along those lines. It's just not something that's in our quiver at the moment. Now that said, each month, w- we're gonna be hosting in-person events that do give riders of almost every skill level the opportunity to build their experience and, and those knowledge basics. These gatherings are meant to be completely inclusive. Uh, they're going to lean heavily on group mentorship and basically crowdsourced educational opportunities. We expect the people that do have more experience and skills to share that knowledge with people that are coming up. If that makes sense. Now, please keep in mind that we all learn along the way from every trip we set out upon and the obstacles we overcome during those trips. We just never stop learning. After the survey results, we will go a bit in depth on the format of an upcoming get together that we have planned to kind of better illustrate that. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get into some of those survey results. So the survey itself was down and dirty. It was quick. fairly high level uh, but trying to find those universal things. We did have one open-ended question at the end of it to get, uh, for lack of a better term, random feedback and that was definitely enlightening. We'll touch on some of those responses that help us define where where we're going going forward and why we're putting this content together and the way we're going to structure some of our events, but we do want to talk about, I really want to start with question one, this was extremely exciting to me, this is a big deal. And I'll talk about that a little bit more in depth shortly. But here's the question. How likely are you to go bikepacking between now and the end of the year? And these the response options were very likely somewhat likely unlikely and not a chance. And the, our actual response rate was 49.61%. Let's call that 50%, very likely. 43.31%, somewhat likely. 6.30%, unlikely. And not a chance there was one random response. This is super exciting for me and let me explain why. Uh, basically, for lack of a better term, the very likely and the unlikely ratios have flip flopped in the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get it. A lot of people are going to go, well, Kevin, this is people that were filling out a survey for bike packing, so obviously they're bike packers. That hasn't been the case for the past few years, quite frankly. There was definitely an interest in bike packing, and people were getting up to speed on it and get building some knowledge or getting familiar with it, but that a lot of folks weren't actually doing it. So it was realistically probably in the 10 to 20% range where people were very likely when we did this survey a while back. And most people, or a huge chunk of them, I should say, were unlikely to do uh, a bikepacking trip in the next several months. The somewhat likely, the middle ground, that's probably pretty close. It's probably always been in that 40 to 50% range uh, right where it is. But that flip-flop from unlikely to very likely. That's 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 really interesting. That's really exciting. And no, I don't think this means everyone in the world's going bikepacking. I think we've bridged that gap from curiosity to actually going out and doing it. I think that I think that's a, a I think that's a a big step in the community and I'm very excited to see this. The next question. Which months of the year are you most likely to go bikepacking? And this is a select all that apply. So, you know, people didn't have to choose just one month. Basically, we were looking for which months they don't want to go bikepacking. And this is definitely going to be a Texas-centric response crowd. So the, the responses will coincide with Texas weather. Um, generally speaking, I'm sure there's a few outliers in the mix, uh, but l- we'll talk about the number one month, 84% of the respondents said October is their ideal month to go bike packing or their favorite months or one of their favorite months to go bikepacking. Uh, that's, and by, that's the biggest one by far. So October is the number one month and just to let folks go, here's, here's our commercial for this production. Our RAT1000, hey, it's in October. That's an excellent opportunity for just about every level of bike packing, adventure cycling, multi-day skill set uh, that people might be looking for. So keep that in mind. We got October covered for you. April was a very popular month. November was strong. So we'll probably look at throwing something really special into November going forward as well. We have time to put that together. Um, March is strong May is strong and guess what? Starting in June it starts trailing off very quickly June some people are still interested July it's going down August down comes back in September fairly strong Uh, January is super low looks like January is the lowest month and February and December are both fairly low as well. Uh, really no huge surprises here. And for for our purposes, this is more confirmation than anything. It, it, it confirms that we don't really want to focus on putting together bikepacking and multi-day events in Texas in July and August. We already knew that. We plan to spend most of those months in Colorado uh, already. Uh, but that doesn't mean we won't have anything in the mix. We've done it in the past. There's some creative ways to go about it. And depending on how our schedule works out, we may try throwing in what we call our AC adventures again. We'll talk about that down the road if it's applicable, but there are ways you can make it work in the heat of summer. We'll just leave it at that, even in Texas. Uh, The next question, how many nights do you prefer to camp or overnight when bikepacking? And I'll be honest with you, after I got these responses, I need some clarification from y'all on that. So please do leave it in the comments. Send us an email when we're hanging out at an event afterwards, having some beer or barbecue or whatever, sitting around the campfire or whatever. Let's chat about it. I do need some clarification on this, but let's go over the results first. Definitely the biggest response, the options were one night, two nights, three nights or other. Um, two nights is by far the largest response rate. 48%. Uh, one night, 24%. So overnight trips make sense for a lot of people. Uh, three nights was fairly low, 11.81%. And then the other one, um, it's, I think it's a lot of people that didn't, well, I guess 19 said other, but, uh, I glanced at those responses, and I don't think they read the question properly. We'll just leave it at that. Nobody said, oh, I like to go, Can't I like to overnight for 20 days on end. Now, make no mistake, we all recognize there are big trips out there that may go on for 5, 10, 20 days, maybe even longer. Uh, but generally speaking, most people are looking at a week- weekend's adventure of some sort. Now, here's where I need the clarification, because I see a, a little bit of misalignment in other anecdotal feedback I've received over the years. So the response on here is most people are looking for two nights of camping, two overnights when, when they're on a bike packing or multi-day trip. I need clarification on how that structure looks. And let me explain why. When we've tried to put stuff together in the past, it, that, it usually makes sense to try to do a three-day weekend out of it, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or something like that. Most of the time when we've tried to do that in the past, the feedback is almost always, uh, I just, I I need to knock it out on the weekend. I, you know, I can't get off work or, or whatever else. The way I look at it, that's a one night overnight. Park somewhere, take off Saturday morning, camp Saturday night, return to that spot somehow or another Sunday. Um... If people are saying, hey, I want to get there Friday night and camp and then roll out and that makes it two nights. okay. I didn't think that was the way most people look, but if that's what people are responding here, let me know that. Or is it that people are willing to do a three day weekend and I've just kind of lost touch with that over time? I do want some clarification on that, please. So we know which direction to go to start putting stuff together. And if you are interested in the three-day weekend, do you prefer Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Saturday, Sunday, Monday? That was question three. And then question four, and um, yeah, this is our last uh, basic question. Then everything after that was was open response. We'll touch on that in a bit. When you do go bikepacking or multi-day riding, how many hours of riding do you try for each day on a bike packing trip. The uh, options were four hours a day or less, under eight hours a day, but more than four hours a day, more than eight hours a day, and then other again. Uh, without a doubt, the 71.65% of the respondents chose under eight hours, but above four hours. So what that tells us is to try to structure rides based on a six, six hours of riding a day roughly. We recognize that there are different people with different capabilities and different fitness levels and things like that. So six hours at 10 miles an hour is 60 miles. Six hours at 20 miles an hour obviously is 120 miles. So the idea is for us to build different riding options, different loops, different routes, based on those types of different levels of capability, based on an average speed, roughly speaking. But again, it's not a black and white thing. It's it's shades of gray, and it's going to adjust. But look at it from that perspective um, when choosing your route. We don't recommend choosing the 100-mile-a-day route uh, if you only average... 10 miles an hour. That doesn't leave a lot of wiggle room for something to go wrong. And you may overdo things where you're not up to riding on day two, for example. But uh, that's a very basic outline of how we'll be looking at doing some of the structure going forward on these events. And then our uh, question five, that's an open question. How could we be most helpful for your bikepacking adventures? And I'm just going to touch on a few that kind of cover the generalities of there there was a lot of commonality in the responses that was quite frankly a little eye opening for us that we uh, it made it clear we need to do a better job of communicating what we do how we do it and 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 things like that it's something i want to try uh, so planned route and camp support will be helpful Well, We we definitely do those things. Not every ride with the camp support, but we do occasionally offer supported rides and semi-supported rides and things like that. Uh, Definitely planned routes. We have over 1,700 routes in our Spinistry routes library, and we can fashion custom routes based on almost any requirement. Uh, Next one, provide routes and points of interest with GPX download for solo and events around the big state of Texas. So there is a social element to it. Hey, that's right up our alley of what we're, we do already. And if uh, if that's not clearly obvious to everyone, we need to do a better job of, cha- of sharing that. Share routes, camping spots, gear. Uh, definitely routes and camping spots are a big part of what we do. We also have, uh, we do have a stock of, for Club Spinistry members, Uh, bike packing bags and gear and assorted odds and ends. If you're a little bit short on your pack out, uh, we can possibly make arrangements to get some to you. Organized routes and stops. Let us know if 100% unsupported. I think we do that already. Uh, I mean, again, we do obviously organized routes and stops. And when it's 100% unsupported, we definitely let you know. But going back to what we were talking about earlier, Don't just assume, never assume that an event, just because maybe we did one event that worked one way, don't assume the next event works that same way. Read the details. You'll be absolutely shocked how many people will send out an email notice, say, hey, check out this event we're doing with a link. And it goes to the event page and all the important details are right there in the first paragraph. And the number of people that just send a a, a reply, uh, what time does it start? Where is it? What day is it? Is it supported? That's all stuff that's right there on that link. Please do digest that information. If it's not crystal clear on the page, or we don't do a good job of explaining it, we. We'll address that if you say, hey, I looked for this on the page, didn't see it. Oh, okay, maybe I forgot to put that in there, or maybe it needs to be better organized in the information. Uh, Would love to join some organized trips to try new routes and meet new people. And yes, we do that already. Now, what I'll be doing going forward is we had uh, 64 people that gave these individual uh, open question responses, and there was a lot of good questions in there a lot of good information a lot a tremendous amount of fantastic feedback and we're going to actually use those responses to help drive this content going forward other videos trainings uh, build events around specifically around some of the feedback uh, things like that so thank you for definitely getting that information back to us And along those lines, we're going to transition to what our next event is that we think really, this was already in place before the survey. So I don't want it to sound like, oh, hey, we got this information from the survey. So let's throw this event. This is something we already had in place. And this goes back to why I was saying, wow, uh, a lot of people don't know what we're doing. So because a lot of the things that were brought up, are right in this event right here. So we're talking about our Mad Dog 2023 from Lake Whitney. That's Saturday, May 6th weekend. And we have options for just about everyone, okay? Uh, everything from the full gravel racer types, we have 110 miles single day race. Uh, We have an 85 mile single day race, and we have a 52 mile single day race. That's traditional gravel racing right there. If you're not a racer, but you want to go out on a really cool gravel route in a really pretty area, and I was down yesterday verifying some of the routes and things like, it's absolutely gorgeous down there right now. If you're not the racer type, but you just want to go out on a good route with marked routes, water tables along the way, uh, where you know there's gonna be stores along the route and things like that. Uh, we do have a non-competitive option as well. You can ride any of those distances. We also, common, uh, a common request is camping. People wanna have camping available. Well, guess what? Where we're hosting this from, we have group camping, limited spots, but we do have group camping available. So if you want to camp both Friday and Saturday nights on site, and we'll do a clubs ministry ride on Sunday, it won't, it'll be a little bit more of a self-supported cl- true club ride type thing. Uh, but if you want to do one of those other routes or an alternate route we put together for Sunday, you can stick around uh, Saturday night and go riding with a Sunday. We also have bike packing options. Uh, We have a 100-mile bikepacking option for Friday and Saturday with a remote camping Saturday night. We also have a 200-mile option, and we have some distances in between that are available. Uh, But those are unsupported outside of we have your base camp, and we have the suggested remote camping. There's a bunch of other camping spots along the way, so if your personal distance is a little bit different, there is more of an option there. And we'll go over some of the different routes here in a minute in a minute, just to give some idea. But here's the thing that's really cool uh, about this particular event is a lot of the feedback we get from people, particularly around bikepacking is, Hey, I don't have all the gear or I've never been camping, or I don't know what I need to do or anything like this. This is a fantastic opportunity, not specifically to, to try out bikepacking, but to try out camping and get familiar with camping. And what it takes to do that and ride your bike on the same weekend and things like that. Because what this does, it allows you to go ahead and work with that camping gear you may already have or what you can borrow. Or realistically, what you can pick up at Walmart or Amazon for probably less than $100, $150 to get through a weekend and try out camping and find out what you need to work on going forward, what what doesn't work for you, what does work for you, what you're comfortable with, what you're not comfortable with, and do that in an environment of other people that have gone through the same thing and learned the process, and they're already experienced outdoors people, and they have the full bike packing set up, and you can hang out with them Friday and Saturday nights, get some feedback, ask questions, and again, some of that crowdsourced education like we were talking about there. Then finally, a quick glance at the routes that we have available to us. And I will talk about them here. Now, so those of you that are watching the video you can probably see the screen grab right here. Oh, let me, let me refresh this. I think we changed the graphic on this. There we go. So what I'm going to do here, show all on the map. So these are all the routes that we have available from the area. We have everything from a 27-mile, we'll call it a beginner route, stays fairly close to camping, goes through a a decent-sized town, up to a 200-mile bikepacking loop, and then a wide plethora of options in between. We'll expand this. Let's see. Throw some terrain on there. There's actually Particularly the long distance riders and the bike packers, you have some interesting stuff. So that's a that's a quick glance at the different routes we have available to us. And if you're not available to join us specifically this weekend, May sixth weekend, what we'll be doing is making all of these all of these routes and the details around the points of interest and the camping options and things like that that will be available free of charge to all clubs ministry members in a consolidated format going forward. We'll be doing this right again next year as well. But if you wanna go out and do it on your own, you're welcome to do that. We'll also make it available at a nominal cost to non-Clubs ministry members. So that's our wrap up based on the survey information. And we'll be sharing uh, more learnings and details going forward as well. Thanks so much for joining us.